Thank you, God. You ought to worship right there if you have experienced, been a recipient of the amazing love of God. Oh, how amazing it is to be loved by God. Come on, just worship, just worship, just worship, Thank just you, worship. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Just worship, worship, Lord, worship, 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Worship, 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 Thank worship, you, God. worship, worship, worship. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Open up your mouth. Hallelujah. Worship is just, I love to God express. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. We magnify you. We magnify you. Oh, we, we love, love you because you first loved you. us, Lord. Oh, when we were just down and dirty and nasty and should have been should have been sent straight to hell, God, you loved us enough. You loved us, God. But you sent your son to die on the cross. Thank you, God. You Oh, and because you live, because you because you live, Lord God, we can face tomorrow because as you live, Lord, our fear is gone. Oh, God, thank you. Oh, to be loved by you, God. It's amazing. It's amazing. Your love is amazing. Your love is unconditional. Your love is amazing. Come on, open your mouths and worship. Open your mouths. Even in your home, wherever you are in your car, open up your mouth just to worship. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Thank you for dwelling among us and living in us. Come on and put those hands together. Give God praise. Whether you're in person or online, come on. Give God praise and glory and honor for who he is. He is an awesome God. He is an amazing God. Good morning, Hopewell, and welcome to the Hopewell experience. We are so glad that you have come in in person we're so glad that you have tuned in online we know that there that you've already been blessed by the worship experience thus far and we know that it only gets better now as we get ready to get into the word of god amen before we get into the word man we have had a, a busy week but we've had an amazing week all week as we had our virtual vacation bible school i wonder Man, let me tell you from a parent's perspective, first, from a pastor's perspective, I was just proud all week just seeing the amazing work, time, sacrifice, energy uh, that went into making um, that online Bible experience for our children so engaging, so exciting. It was absolutely amazing. And then from a parent's perspective, I just sat there. I said, man, I wish that e-learning was like this for these kids. They had a great time. It was, again, 
and it was energetic. They were on their feet. They learned the, they learned, our kids learned the importance of standing as they praise and worship God, as they honor God. They understood the basic principles of the word of God, how God has uniquely made them and created them to be. And I cannot go any further. We've had amazing volunteers that helped with vacation Bible school. But let me tell you, they were under amazing leadership of our director of children and youth ministry, Sister Jessica Jones. Can you all help me celebrate her, y'all? Man. I mean, from communicating to parents, I mean, everything was done in the spirit of excellence, whether it was through text messaging, whether it was through email, she kept in contact with the parents to let them know what the itinerary, everything was done just so simply amazing. And we celebrate with her as well. She is one of the newest teachers at the Paris Elementary School teaching kindergarten. Amen. She has, she has such an amazing heart for children, such an amazing heart for children. So we are so excited for her. As, yes. she get joined, as she journeys on this new endeavor in educating our children in yes. Carbondale Elementary School, District 95. So we're excited for her. And then right as we wrapped up, uh, uh, wrapped up, wrapped up back, uh, Vacation Bible School, then yesterday we had an amazing time as we had our annual back to school drive through, y'all. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it was so, so good. We had volunteers. And let me take the commitment of our volunteers. The, the first week that we were putting the stuff together, putting the supplies out, that I was wondering. I, we know in the fellowship hall in the main area, you have to turn the air on a day or two in advance because of the ceiling so they can be able to get cool. So I was intentional, Deacon. I turned the air on Sunday evening. I said, it's going to be cold in there come Tuesday. So Tuesday, we had our kidney screening where we partnered with NAACP the National Kidney Association. It was burning up hot in there, y'all. It was 86 degrees plus. And I'm like, what in the devil is going on? It's hot in here. The air is on. I'm turning it down. 57, 56, 55. It's still hot in there. I'm trying to figure out what's going on. It got a little cool. I said, all right, maybe it was too many people. Maybe it was too many bodies. Then Wednesday, they were uh, organizing the supplies to putting them out. It was still... The saints were in there dripping, stripping, sweating. I said, what is going on? I go outside, Deacon. I look at the air conditioning unit. It's just making a rambling noise. I said, oh, this is an easy fix. I call. I have Mama Rita call Crane. They come out. You need a whole new replacement. I said, all right. I told the board, hey, we got to get a new replacement. We go ahead and make a quick decision. Oh, I said, listen, we just need you to get it and have it put in before August 7. If you can do that, we'll be, uh, we'll be more than happy, Elder James. Oh, they look all over the Midwest, could not find a unit nowhere. Had to come all the way from Ohio, Pastor. We got one coming, but it's not going to get here in time enough for your event. I said, what in the world? I said, we need some in big old industrial fans to be able to cool it off. I text your car. I said, hey, I just go to Lowe's and pick up some industrial fans. I go on Lowe's. I begin to research. I didn't realize those big fans were $250, $300, $400. I said, Lowe's. 
Lord, we're only going to use it one time. I said, who has industrial fans? I said, if there's one person that I know that has an industrial fan, his name is C.E. Jeffro Sr. I call Sister Jeffro. I said, I know your husband and all those sheds that he had have some industrial fans. So big, I could not pick them up in my vehicle. They had to be delivered by truck, be a trailer. I mean, it was so crazy, but we got those fans in place. Borrow oh, some from some other members. We had the air blowing in there the way that it needed to be blown in time for people to be comfortable. Let me tell you, yesterday, we gave out 1,217 backpacks with supplies. I said 1,217 backpacks. I don't say that to brag. I said that for the glory of God and what God has enabled us to do from little old Carbondale, southern Illinois, from the northeast side of Carbondale, through the hands of an African-American church, 1,217 backpacks. Oh, man, I'm telling you, it was a sight to see. Oh, we had city representation, Chicago, not Chicago, um, Carmendale Police Department, they were in here, out here. They came in troops helping us direct traffic. There was a line down Jackson Street, but there was no need to worry because Carmendale Police was there to make sure everything was done in the spirit of excellence. Ooh, we yes. had reps from SIU that were here. We have both of the superintendents from Carbondale Elementary School District 95 and from the high school that were here. It was absolutely amazing and everything was done in a timely manner. We started at 10 o'clock. We were done at 12 on 1. Folks were still coming up. I said, we're done, Saints. We're done. We're done. I said, you're going to have to catch the rest of the backpacks. Now, what we have left over, we're going to give them to the school districts and they're going to have them at their open houses that they have coming up this week so if someone missed it they can be able to catch it um, at the open house but listen to God be the glory yes. for yes. the things that he has done so we are so excited and back to school she hates when I say this but back to school we've had some amazing volunteers but we had a leader at the ham of sister Chanel Burroughs she has worked tight she works tirelessly all year round and making that to be what it needs to be. Man, we had great volunteers, great time. It was absolutely amazing. A proud pastor to see what God has allowed us to be able to do. We ought to be proud at the fact of how yeah. God is using us to live out our vision. Some folks may ask the question, where's the church? The church is doing something. Even in a pandemic, yeah. we are bringing glory and honor to God. So we're magnified the fact of how God is using us to be able to do real life ministry, to be able to meet the needs of people. I'm excited, I'm full of all that God has done yeah. over this past week. Families were able to tune in and do Vacation Bible School with their children. Families were able to come out and be blessed by yesterday. So we give God the praise, the glory, yes, and the honor God. for it. Let me stop. I still got to preach. I'm all excited and out of and, and out of shape and about having trouble breathing right now. So let me slow down. Hey, Amen. Grab your Bibles and go with me to Romans chapter 6. All right. Romans chapter 6. So glad that we have some of our mothers in the house this morning. Mother Simon, amen, Mama Rita, amen. Mother Mac, and Mother Aubrey. She wearing that hat today. Right. I don't know if she yes, got a date or something after church. I got to talk to her, but she wearing that hat. Romans chapter 6, and to our deacon, Deacon Brian. So glad amen. to see you this morning. Sister Brian, amen. amen. And all of God's people, Elder James, we just thank God for everybody. Romans chapter 6, just four verses. 
that we're going to read this morning. We start a new series today entitled Grace. Everybody say grace. 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 Romans 6, 1 through 4 from the New Living Translation. To all of those watching online, we thank God for you as well. So Amen. make sure you grab your pen, your paper, your Bible as we get ready to dig into the word of God today. Well then, should we continue on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? Of course not. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? Or have you forgotten that you were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism? We joined him in his death, for we died and were buried with Christ by baptism, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father. Now we also may live new lives. God, thank you for your grace. Thank you for your love. Thank you that you had another plan in mind about our salvation yes. that you decided to sacrifice your son that we would have the right to eternal and everlasting life God I pray that we that never gets old that we never get so saved that we never get so educated that we forget that we're nothing but filthy rags and that it is your grace, your mercy, your unmerited kindness and favor towards us is the reason why we're here. We thank you and we praise you and we magnify you. It's in the precious name of Jesus we pray and all of God's people said, amen. As you're taking your seat, just look at somebody that you didn't ride at the church with. Give them an air hug, an air high five, and let them know that you're glad to see them today. Amen, amen. I want to preach, teach this morning from the subject grace as we begin part one of this new series entitled Grace. It will forever be etched in my mind, my first encounter with grace. I was in high school, got my first cell phone. It was an AT&T Motorola phone. I mean, they had just kind of started upgrading with cell phones. In fact, they had these silicone covers that you could be able to put over your phone. So I had all the colors because they came with the package deal. Dr. Lane, I had an orange one. I had a blue one. I, thought I, I really thought I was doing something, y'all, because I would change the cover up on my phone based off what I was wearing. I wanted to be able to coordinate wherever it is that I went. So if I had on blue, I changed it to blue. If I had on something close to orange, I changed the silicone cover, um, Sister Jeffro, over to orange. I thought I was doing something, y'all. You couldn't tell me nothing. This was during the time that you could be able you there was no text messenger yet you could be able to talk for free and do all that stuff but you had minutes according to your contract you had minutes and so you only had so many minutes that you could be able to use before they started adding extra charges come on you all talk back to me this morning you know you had that same contract that same cell phone when they first came out so everybody was very were very mindful Lakeisha, about the minutes that they used during the day you want to be able to wait until after nine o'clock because that's when the calls were free so you called everybody after nine if somebody called you because listen your minutes were not just used when you called somebody but it was also used when somebody called you so somebody will call you real quick and you know that you have about 20 minutes left to last you for the first of the month you answer the phone hey call me after nine o'clock if you need something just call me send me a letter do something I got the phone right now I only got 20 minutes left until the end of the month bam you hung up the phone real quick because you were trying to preserve your minutes 
some reason, some way, somehow, Sandra, I did not read that in the contract that you should wait until after 9 o'clock to be able to get all your calls. I'm calling everybody. I'm calling everybody. Everybody is calling me. That bill comes in the mail. So for some reason, Sister Brian, I beat my father to the mailbox this day to get the mail. I'm thinking I'm grown because the phone, the, the phone was in my name and stuff. So I'm excited. I open up the mail and I see the amount that is due. I am I'm stuck. I don't have the words to even put together, Jerry, what is going on. I'm not even so much concerned about the bill. I'm concerned about the wrath of my father, Willie Earl Swims from North Carrollton, Mississippi. I'm concerned about his reaction, what it's going to be when he sees the amount of this bill. I'm sitting there trying to figure out, wait a minute, how did the bill go from the, 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 the uh, how did the bill go from this amount all the way over into the hundreds? I can't remember exactly how much it was exactly, but it was in the hundreds. This was not just two lines. This was not three lines. It was one line, Sister Donna, that the amount was over in the hundreds. I'm thinking to myself, my life is over. Oh, daddy going to take me out. He's going to take my phone. Nobody's going to be able to rescue me. So I took the bill with me. It was going to be due. Mama Rita, in the few days, I kept the bill with me. I'm trying to think of a plan, of a master plan, of how I'm going to pay this bill without my daddy. No, I ain't got no job, Cherie. I ain't got no money. I ain't got no paper route. There are not enough paper routes for me to be able to make this kind of money within this time frame to pay this bill. I got the bill, Brother Ben, trying to figure out how am I going to take care of this without my father knowing? Now wait. Now wait, I'm waiting. I'm thinking, let me ask my sister, but they ain't got no money either. Oh, okay, let me go and ask mama. I can't tell mama because then she going to tell daddy, oh God, what am I going to do? I'm trying to figure out what's going to happen. And so it's the day before the bill is due. I said, you know what? I, I ain't got no choice, Jesus, but to tell my daddy. I said, Lord, I know you part of the Red Sea. If you can pay this bill without my daddy knowing, I will give you. You know how we do. We get in trouble. We bargain with God. If you bring me out of this, God, I'm not calling nobody until 930. I will sacrifice my first free minutes to you, Lord. Whatever you do, just don't let my daddy find out. Day before. Daddy says, Chip. Has your cell phone bill come in yet? Yes, yes, sir, it has. It, it came in. Daddy, here, here's, the, here's the bill. I'm sitting there. You take it out. His eyes get big, Deacon Brian. I'm like, oh, Jesus, it's over. Nobody's going to be able to save me. Mama can't save me. Sparkle can't save me. Nikki can't save me. Only Jesus can save me. But I've been asking him to show up, and he ain't showed up yet. So I don't know. I feel like I'm Daniel in the lion's den. I'm about to be eaten up by the lion. I don't know what's going to happen. Daddy sits there, says nothing, gets his phone. He calls AT&T, and he says, I want to make a payment on a bill. for the number. He tells him the number. He, and the number is my number. I'm like, what is David doing? 
there he goes, and he pays the bill. They said, well, Mr. Swans, how much do you want to make on the bill? He said, I want to pay the bill off in four. I said, what? You want to pay the bill? I'm, I ain't said nothing because I'm scared. I'm trembling. I'm shaking, Becky. I'm shaking because I don't know what's going to happen. He said, I want to pay the bill in full. So he gets off the phone. He says, Chip, why didn't you bring the bill to me in the beginning? I said, Daddy, I was scared. I was nervous. I didn't know what you were going to do because I realized that what I had did was my fault. I did this. I, did, I made the mistakes. I'm the one. I failed to read. I was so excited about the phone. I forgot to read the, the contract and the plans about everything else. I had no idea how you were going to respond. So I was scared. He says, listen, there was no need for you to be afraid because I am your father. If there's nobody else that can be able to intervene and take care of certain things it is me you never have to be fearful to come to me and tell me about anything you were carrying a burden that you did not have to carry when your father had the means not just to put a put a put a dent in it and make a payment on it but to be able to pay it in full Grace, the way, I like the way Dr. Tony Evans, how he defines grace. He says, grace is the goodness of God to people, get this, who don't deserve it, could not have earned it, and can never pay it back. For it is the God of grace that offers his goodness to undeserving mankind. Let me go ahead and, 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 and remix it real quick. Grace is for undeserving human beings to experience the goodness of God to people who do not deserve it. Who cannot work to earn it and can never pay it back. There was no way, Elder James, that I could be able to pay my father back for that bill that he had covered for me. But I did not have to worry about trying to pay it back because my father, being who he was, being one that would protect, being one that would provide, took care of everything once and for all for me. I know someone else that has done something like that for an undeserving group of people who have strayed away from God's word and living life according to their own ways and doing what they wanted to do on their end. When we have deserved death, Jesus intervened. God, through Jesus, intervenes to allow us to experience amazing grace. So what is it, Pastor, that causes this thing called grace? I really want us to be able to investigate the scriptures over these next few weeks as we look at grace to almost in some sense, and I hope I don't offend anybody by doing this, but that in almost in some sense, going back to the basic principles of the word of God, going back to the basicness of the word of God to understand this gift called salvation, to understand this gift called grace. We talk about grace, man. We shout on grace. We talk about grace. We text about grace. But do we really understand the gift that God through Jesus has given us? Because if we really understand, Sister Jeffro, the basic principles of salvation, I'm telling you, saints of God, you and I would live our lives differently when we really understand it. 
Now, I know it's, it gets a little touchy when I'm about to mention this word, three-letter word that's going to almost seem as if that I'm cursing, but I'm going to say it anyway. The thing when it comes to grace that, 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 that interrupts our, our union with God, because if we go all the back, if we go all the way back to Genesis from the very beginning, you and I, we were meant, when we look back in the garden with Adam, you and I were meant to walk in an unbroken fellowship with God, in an unbroken communion with God, that oh God, that while we were there in the garden, it was meant for God and Adam to be tight and to walk together as one but when sin came in it broke the relationship that we had with God so pastor what is sin sin is simply missing God's standard sin is simply missing God's standard I want to take my time to really walk us through this as we look at Romans chapter 6, as we look at this thing called grace, as we look at this thing called sin, because I'm so, I'm so, I'm so, I'm so concerned that many, that many people have divine sin by what their denomination has deemed as sin, which is really legalism causing us to miss out on experiencing the amazing grace of God because we're, we, 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 we have lined sand up based off of what the bishop has said, what the pastor has said, but never based off of God's standard. Okay, I'm going to say it again. I really got to take my time. Sin is missing God's standard. So what do you mean by God's standard? His word. What he has put in his word now, 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 I know that even gets touchy because depending upon how you interpret the word of God will lead you to defining what is sin and what is not a sin. That's why, saints of God, the Bible tells us that we have to study to be able to show ourselves approved. That's why, saints of God, it is so vitally important that we stay under good teaching so that we can be able to have a discerning ear to know what is good teaching and what's bad teaching. Oh, I'm going to say it again. That's why it's so important, saints of God, in the times that we are living in right now, that we're not interpreting scripture to be able to adjust to what we want to do in our lives, but we're interpreting scripture based off of what God has said in his word so that we can be able to line ourselves up with God's standard so it's almost like when you think about a target we want to be able to aim our lives and we want to be able we want to be able to hit the aim right on the target but because of sin we miss we miss we fall short Romans says Paul says over Romans chapter 3 that we fall short of the glory of God. Sin is missing God's standard, and God's standard is his word. Let me help us out. Oh, boy, I'm about to get in trouble. I'm going to say it anyway. I'm already here. Amen. So I might as well, I might as well say it. We have to stop just classifying sin just to sex, drugs, and rock and roll. We have to stop just thinking that the only sins out there are just sexual sins. And we harp on that, and we talk on that, and we preach on that, Mother Moochie, but we don't say nothing about the liars. We say nothing about those who are deceitful. 
We say nothing about the ones who can't hold nothing. You tell them something, it's might as well, it's a done deal because they're going to tell somebody else. We say nothing about the gossipers, Mother Simon. We say nothing about the people who are just mean as a rattlesnake for no reason. How are you filled with the Holy Ghost and use that mean? How? But we want to jump on someone that's in the same sex relationship. Oh, back it up, Swins, back it up, because I, 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 I hear you. Am I, am I, am I affirming? Absolutely not. I stand on what the word of God says. But at the same time, hey, let's not jump on them, but we don't want to deal. We don't want to deal with the saints that are in heterosexual relationships, and they're slipping and tipping and grinning and sinning. God's standard is not just for those who, who sin differently than us. God's standard is for all of us as believers of Jesus Christ across the board. So just as we want to ding someone for sleeping around and want to hold them accountable, want to get in their business, we also need to pull that brother or sister to the side. They just keep lying for no reason. Sin is missing God's standard. God's standard is his word. Paul here, he writes to these Roman believers. And literally what he's doing, he, he's laying the foundations. You have to read chapters 1 through 5. He's laying the foundation, talking about the benefits of salvation. He's talking, he's talking, he's talking about what has happened for us so that you and I could be able to live life and live life more abundantly. I love what Paul does in, 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 in Romans 1 through 5. He's setting the stage, he's setting the stage for you and I to be able to understand everything that God has put in work for you and I to be able to live a holy life. Everything that God has put in work in order for you and I to be able to live a life that's pleasing to God, that's pleasing to God. Here it is, one thing that Paul talks about, and I'm going to get to verses 1 through 4 that we're going to be out of here real quick, real soon. One thing, one, one, one term I want us to be able to understand is justification. Everybody say justification. Man, it's a big word. It's a big word. It's a big word that literally means this. It is an instantaneous legal act of God in which he thinks of our sins as forgiven and thinks of Christ's righteousness as belonging to us and therefore declares us to be just or morally righteous in his sight. Wait a minute, Pastor Swim. This is not a class. What are you saying, sir? Justification is when Jesus dismisses the charges that you and I have so rightfully earned. Justification is when a criminal walks into the courtroom and the judge has a pile of evidence against them for what they have done. And he looks over it. It doesn't make a difference what other people may say. The judge intervenes and says, despite the charges, despite the evidence, all of the charges against you has been dropped. And they raise their gavel and they beg it and they say, case dismissed. At that moment, y'all, 
at that moment. If anyone wants to bring up those charges against you, it doesn't make a difference. Because the judge has made a legal act by saying that the charges have been dropped. And if you want to bring the charges back up, all you have to do is pull out your documentation that the judge has signed off on stating that the charges have been dropped. Oh my gosh, what does that mean, Pastor Jones? That means that when the enemy wants to, first of all, let me back up and say this, justification only, 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 only belongs to those who have asked the Lord Jesus Christ into their heart and into their lives because here, here's what we do now in the body of Christ. We're trying to make this thing universal and no one has confessed with their mouth and no one has repented and no one has believed in your heart. No, 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 baby, I'm sorry. Yes, Christ died for all, but there is a decision that you and I have to make on our part that we say, I'm going to ask the Lord Jesus Christ to come into my life, to come into my heart and not just to be there and go to church and still live like a hellion, but I'm asking him to come into my life and to change my life change me from the inside out change my appetite I want to have the testimony the things I used to do I don't do no more places I used to go I don't go anymore why there's been a change in my life because I've been justified and no longer am I condemned by the enemy's threats but I've been justified by the blood of Jesus Christ So that's why, man, every time, whether it be first Sunday, whether it's every other Sunday, and we come to the table to take communion, boy, we ought to tear this roof off this place because it serves as a reminder about what the blood of Jesus has done for us. Every time somebody mentions communion, you just go nuts because you have a flashback and you think about if it had not been for the blood of Jesus, I don't know what I would be. I don't know where I would be. That saved my life. It's an act. Sins have been forgiven. And now in God's eyes, I'm seen as righteous and holy. Y'all making me work too hard this morning, but it's all good. It's all good anyway. So Paul gets here. Paul gets here. Paul gets here in Romans chapter 6. He asks the question almost in some sense being sarcastic. Well then, <laughs> should we continue sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a good question to ask. He said, hey, 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 do we continue to live lives opposed to the word of God just because God is abundant in grace? He says, do I continue to go about and live freely and abuse and take advantage of God's grace? In other words, Paul is asking another question. Is grace a license to sin? Because you all know in our humanity, the more we have of something, the more we take it for granted. The more that we have of something, the more we use it. The more we have of something, the more we take advantage of it. 
He says, someone's thinking in their mind, okay, wait a minute, now, let's, uh, wait a minute, Reverend, let, 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 me, let, me, let me scientifically put this together. You, you're saying the more sin that I have, the more grace that's made available. So, Reverend, why not enjoy and live a life how I want to live since there's going to be more grace made available since there's more sin. Paul says, should we continue sinning so that more wonderful grace can be available. He answers the question in verse 2. He says, of course not. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in sin? There ought to be, there should be, there needs to be, there must be. When we ask the Lord Jesus Christ into our hearts, there has to be an immediate breakup with our old self so that we can be able to walk into the new life that we have in Christ. There ought to be a death. There ought to be a separation. There ought to be something that happens that now we continue on a different way and we leave the former life. We go more to a life that pleases the Lord. I was talking with some pastor friends of mine and I said, man, this whole year and a half has taught pastors so much because what we thought once was once we what we once thought were uh, what we used to think were winners I know local wins for the church. It used to be, man, all right, Doc, how big is your building? What's your square footage? How many people you how many butts in the seats that you have on a Sunday? Everybody got the same amount of people. Oh, because now that we have options, folks are not coming to the house of God. They're just tuning in online. Or some are not even doing either. That's a little past the shade right there. Those forgive me, forgive me for doing it. Some are not even doing either. Either, but I said, hey, I said, hey, I said, but what used to be wins? Because now it doesn't matter the size of your building now. Now we can't size each other up based off the bus that's in the seats. But now it has transitioned. Hey, Doc, do you have an LED wall in your building? Do you have the lights going on? Do you have cameras everywhere? Well, the win now that I'm realizing for us has now the question has to be are lives being transformed? by the ministry of Hopewell Missionary Baptist Church. The question I'm asking myself now, are we experiencing new convert growth, not transition growth? Will people have transitioned from one church to another church? Will people who come off the street drunk, stinky, nasty, now we now 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 we have the job of really discipling and not just helping someone change their allegiance from their church now to Hopewell. Yeah. 
Paul, Paul says, of course not. He says, have we forgotten that when we joined with Christ Jesus in baptism, we joined him in his death. Let me go back up to verse 2. Of course not. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue in sin? Now, 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 once again, there has to have been, there must be a separation that happens, that there ought to be a distinct breakup, that as soon as we ask the Lord Jesus Christ into our hearts, in some avenues, in some ways, there ought to be something that changes, that ought to be something that pulls us away from the old man, that pulls us away from the old desires, that pulls us more to Jesus Christ. And living in a way that pleases him. In Christ we died to the old way. And because we have new life in him, we should not be continuing to live in a way that opposes God's word. Because I am saved now and I've accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior, I ought to live differently. Doesn't matter how long you have been saved, are you still living your life in the same patterns of the old way? Or are you living your life in a way that pleases God? Here's another term, sanctification. Sanctification is a progressive work of God and man that makes Christians more and more free from sin and more and more like Christ in their actual lives. Sanctification is a continual progressive work that God has a part in it and we also have a part in it. And I love, we know God's part in it and what he does in helping us, but you and I have a part um, in that as well. But listen, as we are living this new life and striving to please the Lord, that means there has to be a continual dependency upon the Holy Spirit to help us live a life that is pleasing to God. That means it is a continual dependency for you and I to depend upon the Holy Spirit to help us live a life that's pleasing to him. You and I don't have enough within us to live a life pleasing to God on our own. It is the help of the Holy Spirit. But even in the small ways, maybe you haven't been there before, but I've been there. Now I'm getting ready to text something and just something is saying, oh, something just said, go ahead and delete that real quick and go and say something else. No, no, no. That was not just something else. That was the Holy Spirit helping you to use what? Here's another curse word, self-control. And not doing what your flesh wants to do, but in doing what pleases God. Where are the saints of God? Where are the believers of God that I'm not holding myself to a man-made standard? No, I want to please God because I love him. I want to please God because I magnify him. I want to please God because I realize the sacrifice that was paid for me. I realize the debt that was paid for me. And because I love him, I want to follow in his way. Because I love him, I want to obey him. Because I love him. I desire.
desire to live in a way that pleases God. So sometimes the question really comes down to who do you really love? 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 Have I, become, have I become my own little God in my own eyes that I'm trying to adjust God's word and his standard to meet what I want to do? Or am I saying, Lord, I don't want to, but because of my love for you, I'm going to do it. God, I don't like what you're asking of me, but because of my love for you. And because, listen, 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 I understand my love for you is in a response for what, how, of how you have loved me when I was unlovable, when I was nasty, when I was dirty, when no one else wanted to deal with me and they kind of cast me off to the side. No, I'm, my love for you is in response to the unconditional, radical love that you have shown towards me because when we talk about when we use words of holiness when we when we use words of sanctification when we use words of striving to live a life that please God we should not we should not we should not scare people into living holy oh it should be I want to live holy because I love him Oh man, I want I want to live right because I love him. I, I I want to I want to treat my neighbor right because I love him. I, I want my words to be blessings and not curses because I love him. I don't want to look, I don't want my eyes to wander in places that they should not be because I love him. I don't want to be deceitful. I don't want to lie. I don't want to gossip because I love him. This thing called grace is more than just, oh, I got this favor from God. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we got it. But this thing called grace should be seen as an enablement to help us live a life that's pleasing to him. I treat my wife the way that I do because I love her. I make up my mind every day that I'm choosing her this day. I'm not about to step out. I'm not about to do this. I'm not about to do that. Not because I'm afraid of whatever else. No, I love her and my love for her causes me to change my behaviors and my actions. I'm not feared into doing right by her. I do it based off of love. And so it should be with our walk with God. I'm not going to curse you all, even though you deserve a good curse out right now because I love God. I'm not going to deceive you. I'm not going to lie to you because I love God. And I'm not going to use the instruments that have been saved by the blood and by grace to do something that brings the, 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 that brings the devil glory and honor. Because when you have experienced grace in your own life, when you have experienced what the blood of Jesus has done for you, our response should be how? 
How can I not love him? How, how can, oh boy, if we could ever, Sister Cherie, get on the same page where we experience the lavish love of God, the lavish grace of God, all oh, worship would be ours because we wouldn't be able to shut up. As you try to transition to another song, somebody gets caught up on just one term of what you're saying. They go back and they reflect upon the grace of God in their own life. They go back and they reflect upon the unconditional love of God in their own life. And it becomes, it becomes a symphony. It becomes an orchestra that all of us have our mouths open. No one is having to say to stand. No one is having to say to lift your hands. When I think about his amazing love towards me, I cannot shut up. I cannot sit down because I realize what I would be and where I would be if it had not been for the love of Jesus Christ. Amazing grace. Wonderful grace. And we have to live a life that's pleasing to him. Thank God for the continual work of sanctification that every day, I don't know about y'all, every day I'm having, I'm having to realize that I'm still on the wheel. <laughs> that he's still, he's still, he's still working. But listen, 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 it only works if I yield. It, 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 it only works if I'm yielding to him. Because grace does not mean that sin, Mother Algie, has been eradicated. No. Temptation is still going to be there. But though temptation is still there, Sister Brian, Sister Ross, there is grace that will enable and sustain me, Mother Mac, in not doing what pleases my flesh. So the question, question has to be asked this morning. Question has to be asked this morning. Am I, am I living a life? Am I living in my new identity? Or am I abusing God's grace? What do you mean by new identity? When, when Jesus comes into our life, we, we, there's, a, there's a new identification now. When Reddy and I first got married, she she went to the courthouse to let them know I'm under a new name now. So you need to go in and change my social security card because I'm no longer Brittany Kent Cawthon. Now I'm Brittany Kent Swims. There's a new identity now. So it is with us as believers when the Lord Jesus Christ comes into our life and, and regenerates us and, and begin and imputes his spirit into us. There's a new life now that we live. 
new identity. I'm no longer what I used to be. You may know me as you may have known me as the drunk. You may have known me as a whole. You may have known me as whatever. I'm no longer that anymore because now I've been justified in the eyes of God. So you can bring it up I, I can, I, and I can sit there and laugh with you. I sure was something else. <laughs> I was, but look at who now he has made me to be. I am a new creature now. Doesn't mean that I still don't have issues. Doesn't mean that I still don't have struggles. I love it. Paul said, I asked for the throne, the thorn to be removed. Three times I prayed, but he said nothing. But in response, he said, my grace is sufficient enough for you. I know, I know a big thing now in the church that's coming up. No, not even coming up, it's here. Is how do we deal, what is our response to individuals that have same-sex attraction? How do we, how do we, where is our stance? That question's been asking me. Where's your stance, Pastor? What you gonna say, Reverend? And my response is, well, God says, I like what Dr. Eric Mason says, it's not our job to redefine the family. Simply put, God created marriage for husband and wife. No argument. It's in the book. It's in the book. Just as sex is to be for marriage between a husband and a wife. Not your boo, your bae, or your boyfriend or girlfriend. I, I'm, just, I'm just saying, it's, 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 it's equal across the board. do we because what has happened we've made one sin bigger than the other oh oh they in the church they ought to be ashamed of themselves but you're a liar and you're not ashamed of yourself you're a thief that pen at the bank of Carbondale is for everybody to use not just for you, for you to take uh, you got something at your house? Take them back tomorrow. The sign says, don't bring other outside foods in, but you sneak in food to the movies. Are you not being deceitful? I'm just saying, y'all, I done did it. Because listen, the stuff, the snacks at the movies is high. Even in the pandemic, they still high. Sister Swims, get your big purse. Get Carrie, get Kitty's bag. <laughs> We're going to the dollar store when we go to the movies. <laughs> Y'all laughing because we all done did it. We all have sinned and fallen short of God's standard. We missed the target. What if? God is testing us to see. Let me see how well you're going to love folks, even if they sin differently than you. How are you going to treat them? Standard. I've had conversations with people. Hey, here's my standard. Here's where I am. Here's where I am. Marriage is between a husband and a wife. And I told an individual, but I'm your pastor, and this is your church. 
Am I affirming them? No, I'm loving them. Because we got folks in here that did stuff that you wouldn't even believe. They don't, they, they don't even think I know, but I know. <laughs> I mean, just nasty, ridiculous stuff, Brother Brian. But they don't think I know. And I look at them and I smile with them with grace. Because they don't know I know. Am I affirming them? No. Is there a standard? Yes. The Bible says, you will know my people. I'm paraphrasing. You will know my people by the love that they share. Now, 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 does that mean that love, that love, that we, that we remix love and that we're so gracious, that we're so kind, and we just accept? No, 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 no. There is a standard. There is accountability. But accountability is not going to be effective unless there is relationship. Oh, well, Pastor, well, you ain't saying enough. Where's your stance? My stance is we're going to love folks. We're not going to change God's standard, but we're going to help walk with people. I, I can't wait till I get to heaven because I want to ask Jesus, what was, what was Paul's thorn? Because theologians can't even figure it out. What was his thorn? Something, he, Paul said, I'm paraphrasing, Paul said, it was something on my side that kept me from being puffed up. That left me in a place of vulnerability that I had no choice but to depend on Jesus. What if, thank you, Holy Ghost, that there are some struggles that you may never be delivered from. But they will stay as a constant reminder. Keep trusting me. <laughs> keep, 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 keep calling me. Keep leaning on me. And if the church can begin to see it through those lenses, we can walk alongside people as they're journeying through this thing called sanctification. Your struggle may not be same-sex attraction, but your struggle may be that you just can't, you, you spend everything you get. I mean, you can't keep every, every stimulus, everything, child credit is gone. But God has sent somebody your way to stand on you. Hey, let, let me help you get a budget together. Let, let, let me help you. Let me, let me help you get your money in line. That's asking those tough questions. What did you have this week? Why? You got food. You went grocery shopping, didn't you? You got food in your refrigerator. Why you ain't cook? Grace. 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 God, help us as a people. Help us as, as your people. To never forget what you delivered us from. Huh? Take it a step farther for us to never forget what he's delivering us from. There may be somebody watching, maybe somebody in the room that you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. 
You know mama's God. You know daddy's God. But you don't know him as your own God. Let me tell you one false, one false, one false thing that we say. You don't have to wait to get yourself together before you come to the Lord. We'll be waiting forever. Because it's not enough within us to help us get ourselves right. My phone was acting up a while back. Couldn't get it right, say, see, I didn't know what was going on. I know Verizon wasn't going to be able to help. They were just going to tell me, you got to go to the Apple store. I'm not going all the way to St. Louis to be in line for three hours. So what do you do? You go to Google. You ask Google. What do you do to fix a phone that's not acting right? And Google, Google told me that I have to do a hard reset. It was not something that the phone could do on its own, but it took someone on the outside to push the two buttons together to start it all over again. You and I don't have enough. We're, we're ill-equipped to reset ourselves, but it takes someone on the outside to reset our lives. No matter what you may have done, no matter what you may have said, no matter what, how you may be living now currently, Jesus loves you enough that he wants to invade your life. Jesus loves you enough that he will interrupt your life before you wreck your life. He will come in and dwell among you as dirty and nasty and unclean as you think that you are. And if you're trying to figure out how we know, because we're witnesses of his grace. He'll come in, meet you right where you are, and give you a new start. He'll justify you and drop all the charges against you. Even with the evidence he's gathered. One, one scripture says that he will take the mere evidence against you and he will place it on the ground and trample it under his feet. If you're not saved, today can be your way of salvation. And then once you accept them into your, in, into your heart, then you've been adopted into the family of God. Which is best exercised to the local church. There is no perfect church. <laughs> we are all flawed individuals on display of God's amazing grace. If you're not saved, you can be saved today. If you don't have a church home, we would love for you to be a part of our church family. If you need prayer, our prayer team is ready to pray for you, pray with you. Listen, email your prayer request to Hopewell uh, MB. No, um, prayer team at HopewellMB.org. Our prayer team will pray with you. Text, email, FaceTime, Zoom, whatever. They will connect with you and pray with you and pray for you.